Today I'm going to talk to you about and explain why the Spendthrift Trust is absolutely 100% legal. But before I get into that, I need to do a disclaimer and tell you that I'm not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors before engaging in any transaction. So who am I? My name is Don Thornton. I'm your tax savings best friend because I'm going to show you that if you're not using this strategy and this trust to reduce your taxes, you're, then you are definitely overpaying on your taxes. I've been a real estate investor for 21 years and I own the trust. So I've been doing this a long time and I have just decided to basically compile a list of what I hear most from people who are afraid of moving forward. What's the biggest one? Boom! The audit. They're all concerned. Oh my gosh, this sounds too good to be true. I don't want to get audited by the IRS and so on and so forth. So I decided to put a video together and I'm, this is what I'm going to cover. I'm going to cover the tax code. I'm going to show you exactly how this trust is 100% in compliance with the appropriate code in the IRS. Uh, and I'm also going to show you the common objections that I hear from the so-called experts. I'm going to give you a rebuttal to all of their objections and show you exactly why they're not accurate. And, of course, I'm going to show you the better way, which is why not use strategies that have been out there and been proven for 70 years already, right? All right, so let's, before I get into the objections, let me just give you a quick review of how this works. The three main benefits of tax reduction that you get from using this trust is, number one, passive income for it is not a taxable event. Capital gains are excluded as a taxable event. And if you work with the trust and an LLC or an S Corp, for example, you can reduce that entity's income, taxable income by as much as 70% or even more. And the types of passive income we're talking about, you know, because the trust can only bring in passive income, you know, you kind of real estate, rents, things like that, you know, lease income, equipment, your lease on equipment, if you're leasing out commercial real estate, all that income coming in is passive income. If you're in a profit sharing situation or syndication, uh, if you have limited partnership, it has to be limited partnership. Uh, and uh, you know, if you just have investment income like you know Fidelity or Charles Schwab got a crypto account or whatever, any kind of investment income that's coming in is also considered passive income. So let's get down to the tax code. This the the the, the Operative of the operative tax code that we're talking about here is IRS code 643B. In order for the trust to be completely in compliance with this code, it has to have four basic pillars. It has to be a non-grantor trust, which means you as trustee don't set it up. A third person sets the trust up for you. It has to be irrevocable, meaning that the assets that are sold irrevocably to the trust. The trust has to be complex and not simple which means that it is not required to distribute any kind of money to the beneficiaries. And it's also a discretionary trust, which means the trustee has 100% control of the trust. And that's very important. The key component here is the extraordinary dividend. And I'm going to read from, from the tax code here. And it says, for purposes of this subpart and subparts B, C, and D, the term income, when not preceded by the words taxable, distributable, net, Undistributed net or gross means the amount of income of the estate or trust 
for the taxable year determined under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law. Items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends or taxable stock dividends, which the fiduciary, the trustee, acting in good faith, determines to be allocable to corpus under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law shall not be considered income. We're going to, go, we're going to talk about this in more detail, but just understand when the trustee declares his passive income that's coming under the trust is not considered income. And capital gains, same section, are excluded. Gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not paid, credited, or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during the taxable year. So this trust is 100% in compliance with 643B in that all proceeds, as the as tax code says, must be allocated to the corpus of the trust, and it, the trust cannot be required to distribute to any beneficiaries, and the trustee declares that passive income to be an extraordinary dividend. So listen, when you file a 1041 tax return for the trust, you're going to report every single piece of income and all the expenses that come in. The difference is that the income is not offset by expenses. And the reason why is that the trustee declares all that income to be an extraordinary dividend. So we're 100% transparent with every single dime that comes in and every single dime that goes out. But we're not doing it like normal accounting where you know you're having to offset income with expenses. It's just we're just reporting and that's it. So I'm gonna show you something. This is something a lot of people don't see here. When you know this is an actual document that is filed with your 1041 tax return. It's an extra, it's a declaration of extraordinary dividend in your on your trust 1041. I'm not gonna write, I'm not gonna read everything in here, but it just basically talks about the fact that hey, I trustee of the whatever trust. According to the tax code, it goes through and it says exactly what this is and so on and so forth. And then at the bottom, you just say that there was this amount of money of trust income in the amount of X, X dollars and that you are hereby declaring this to be an extraordinary dividend allocated to the corpus of the trust according to the terms and conditions set forth in the articles of the trust. And these funds are not paid or accredited to any beneficiary of this. All right. And so you sign this as trustee. I mean, it cannot, it cannot be any more transparent when you send this to the IRS about what you're doing here. And then on as an addendum to the 1041 on the other induction, the other deductions, it lists right here that this is a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spend through trust, and that you know here's all the here are all the uh, 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 deductions that were taken. And then the biggest one here is the extraordinary dividends allocated to corpus per IRS code 643B. There's a huge amount here, okay? And so that means the trust, I mean, the tax return is zeroed out. There is no income. That's very important. We'll get into this a little bit later. But by doing this, there's no income because remember, by declaring this to be an extraordinary dividend, it is not considered income, all right? Again, everything is 100% transparent and declare in the trust 1041. All right, so let's shift gears and talk about the objections that we often hear from the so-called experts, right? And I tell you, you know, that I hear these are the big four. I mean, I hear other things, but these are the big four. 
Oh, it's a non-grantor trust, so it has to pay 37% taxes on income. It's unavoidable. Or, oh, that extra dividend that you say is not what it really means. Uh, it says something, it means something different. Uh, the trust can't pay for personal expenses. That's fraud. And all this, the entire trust is an illegal, pure trust. And you're going to go to jail. Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's take these. Uh, uh, this is what it says here. So they, they point this out and say, all right, well, it says right here that non, non-grantor trust, if you make above $14,000, 14451 then you're going to be paying 37% on any income that comes into the trust. Or they'll come back and say, oh, the extraordinary dividend doesn't mean what, it, what you say it means, that it actually only means when a stock pays a very large dividend to shareholders after a windfall year. I've sometimes seen, I've seen an article that come out recently about, oh, it says right here about, you know, the uh, extraordinary dividend just means any dividend that with respect to a share of stock. If it equals or exceeds the threshold percentage, which I'm not disputing, but I'm going to tell you why that's not accurate in our case of our trust a little bit later in this video. I'll also hear people say that, oh, if you claim personal expenses as a trust expense, it's fraud. You're going to go to jail for that. And finally, the biggest one I hear is that, oh, this trust is an illegal, pure trust, and you're going to go to jail just like what Wesley Snipes went to jail and so on and so forth because – you know, the people, these people, these charlatans out there saying, oh, just put your assets into the trust, divert your income into a complex trust. And you'll be ever you'll be forever free of income tax. Uh, or they'll say is like, well, what they don't tell you is that the trust is treated as a grantor trust where income passes through the taxpayer. OK, so those are typically the main objections that we hear. All right. So let's talk about truth versus a lie. Now, I'm going to tell you that there's some half-truths here. It's not, it's not completely a lie, but there are half-truths that mostly have to do with other kinds of trust, not this one. And so let's talk about this. Non-grantor trusts pay taxes at 37% after they make 14451 or above. But let's go back to the tax code, okay? Um, this trust would pay 37% on its income. That's true. If there was any income left in corpus. But because of the extraordinary dividend, this money is no longer considered income, as I showed you on the tax return, right? So it, it zeroes out. There's no income left in corpus afterwards, so there's nothing to pass down. It's all zero, all right? So the second thing we always hear is, oh, the extraordinary dividend doesn't mean what we say it means. It's only a, uh, when a stock pays a very large dividend to shareholders after a windfall year. Let's, talk, let's, go, let's do a deeper dive on this, okay? This section of the tax code is IRC 1059 that they're referring to. And it says right here, it's for purposes of this section. Yes, for IRC 1059, yes, that's what it means. But an extraordinary dividend does not mean that for 643B. Now, don't take my word for it. Let's talk, to the, let's talk about the IRS. What does the IRS say about this? In 2015, there was a private finding letter produced by the IRS. There was a dispute between beneficiaries of a trust, and part of the dispute, there was four rulings or three rulings made, one of which had to do specifically with IRS Code 643. And it's important to understand this because it's, it deals specifically with what the tax code says. And it sh you'll see right here that the IRS says absolutely that this has everything to do with declaring items of gross income constituting, constituting extraordinary dividends 
to be not to not be considered income. All right. And it says here and all this is in sections, the first three paragraphs here talks about the, the code that I would already read about. And then it says in this case, the court determines the governing instrument in state law would characterize the monetary distribution from LLC to trust as a return of corpus. As such, the monetary distribution from LLC to trust pursuant to the settlement agreement means the definition of an extraordinary dividend under 643B and is not considered income. Okay, not considered income with, with, uh, within the meaning of that section. Accordingly, based on the facts submitted and the represent, representations made, we rule that the monetary distribution from LLC to trust is an extraordinary dividend excluded from the definition of income within the meaning of 643B. Now, did you notice that this, this private finding letter from the IRS did not say anything about uh, you know, a stock dividend that was more than what it usually was? Okay? It doesn't. That shows you clearly that the IRS itself acknowledges that the extraordinary dividend for 643B works exactly as we teach it. Right, so I'm going to tell you a little story about a man named Everett. Okay? After this trust was copyrighted in the early 2000s, an IRS agent was sent and asked for a copy of it. His name was Everett Myers. He's an acting agent, and he wrote this opinion letter to Robert Benson, who was one of the, found, one of the authors of this copyrighted trust. And he says here, this memo concerns endowments to the copyrighted spendthrift trust. Generally, funds or endowments conveyed to a trust have no tax consequences to the parties contributing to the funds or endowments to beneficiaries of the trust itself. Since the copyrighted spendthrift trusts are written in compliance with internal revenue service statutes and codes on estates, trusts, and beneficiaries, and are acceptable entities, they receive EIN numbers and file a Form 1041 as a complex trust each year. They must meet the compliance codes. I'm not going to read them, but they're they're right here, okay? And it says here that Title 626, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A, Section 643, definitions applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D clearly defined and outlined that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of a trust and are not required by the governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries. It further outlines that extraordinary dividends and taxable stock dividends are excluded as ex items of gross income and constituting extraordinary dividends or taxable stock dividends. Whereas the trustee, according to the terms and conditions of the trust, in compliance with all applicable local laws, and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such dividends are allocable to corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, shall not be considered income. Folks, this was an active IRS agent. As you know, I have served for many years as a senior revenue agent with the Department of Treasury, responsible for the examination of corporate tax returns, real estate investment trusts, high-income individuals, and related taxable entities, and the accurate application of tax laws and related procedures created by the Congress of the United States. Again, active senior IRS revenue agent. All right? So I hope I put that to bed here. Now, another common objection is claiming personal expenses as trust expenses is fraud. Well, the assets are sold into the trust irrevocably, as I already explained. And as assets, the trust is obligated to pay for all their expenses. So that means mortgages, any kind of repairs, any insurance, any and all expenses for the trust assets are paid by the trust. 
Now, a lot of these are expenses that you would pay normally as personal expenses that are now being paid for by the trust. It does not mean that it's fraud. It means that it's doing what it's supposed to do. It can also, it can also pay for uh, many beneficiaries' expenses, uh, including education, health, and if, you're, if it's a minor uh, beneficiary or, you know, or uh, above 18 who is uh, still uh, being educated, you know, it can pay for food and, uh, you know, fashion, different things like that. But what it can't pay for are what we call the four Fs. Can't pay for food unless it's for, like I said, minors or mentally or physically challenged beneficiaries. Can't pay for clothing, fashion. Can't pay for fun or entertainment. And they can't pay for what we call facelifts or elective surgery. So, right, you does not can't pay for personal expenses, but there are certain things it can pay for, which I just illustrated. And of course, what I also hear is that, oh, this trust is an illegal pure trust. You know, oh, you know, people are telling you to put your assets and divert your income into a complex trust and you'll be ever forever free of tax. And they say, oh, oh, my gosh, they, what they won't tell you is the trust is treated as a grantor trust where income passes through the taxpayer. Armageddon is going to come kill us. Right. All right. Well, this trust is not an illegal pure trust, as I've shown here. Is 100% compliant with the tax code. It, you get legal tax production. It is not considered a grantor trust by the IRS, as I've already pointed out. And the income is declared an extraordinary dividend and is not considered an income. Therefore, again, there's nothing to pass down to. There's no income to, be, to pay 37% on. All right. So let's talk about a better way that I have an experience as a trust owner and it's amazing. This trust and its strategies are 100% legal. This trust has a proven track record, 70 plus years of providing this trust to clients. We think about, I mean, I think hundreds of thousands of tax returns is probably uh, <laughs> is pessimistic. I think, it'd be, I think there's well over a million tax returns probably been filed in, 20, in, in 70 plus years. And I just went over to how the IRS vetted the trust in the early 2000s, and not one audit has ever been done by the IRS because it's legal. So I want to ask you a question, all right? If you still think this trust and its strategies are illegal after we've gone, if I've gone through everything with you here, then let's just answer, ask this, answer this question for me. Why has it still been around for 70 years? Why, haven't it, has it, why hasn't it been shut down a long time ago? Why not? Why haven't the attorneys been thrown in jail after all this time who created it, who've been servicing it, and have still, and still uh, sell it to this day, or still uh, provide their clients to this day? Why is that? Why weren't they thrown in jail? And why aren't, oh, how come nobody, everybody that buys this trust, like, you know, haven't gone to jail? I mean, they got Wesley Snipes, right? He went to jail. How come none of us are going to jail? Well, the answer is, as I've shown in this presentation, is that it is 100% legal. So what I want you to do is schedule a free strategy session with me. I'll go over all your questions. We can talk. Here's my link. It's calendly.com slash taxbestfriend. Just go there. Pick a time. You know, we can do a Zoom. We can do a phone call, whatever you like. And I'm going to tell you, when you when you realize, you get over your fear, you and you actually look <laughs> – you actually go in and use your brain, you're going to find out that, yes, this is 100% legal and you're not going to get audited and you're not going to go to jail, right? 
So I just want to say thank you for listening to me. And I look forward to talking to you again.